0: Uh, good to sing together, wasn't it? I actually couldn't hear much up front, to be honest. But I saw lips moving. Um, that's what happens when you sing outside. The voices sort of go. I was a bit rusty too. I don't know if you noticed. Probably didn't. But chord changes were wrong. And you did really well in that middle song, the Cross of the Sage, because that was two keys too low. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> it's a capo thing. Should have put it up more. Anyway, you can't really change it mid-song. That's the problem. Um, folks, just a couple announcements before we get going. Um, our SRE scripture commissioning service is on this afternoon, so at 3 o'clock here. Um, lovely to come along. Uh, just pray for our scripture teachers. We've got this great opportunity um, in New South Wales to have scripture teachers in schools. Um, other states don't have that. So we're, it's a huge opportunity. So we pray for our two um, paid workers in Barrel High and Mossvale High and then all the, um, uh, the other uh, volunteers that go into the schools, so we've got obviously people who go going to Robbo School as well um, and don't forget our AGM is next week um, Rod, I had a little slide actually, do want to whack that up about why you should come to the AGM let me just tell you this before we get going I pray together, here are four really good reasons why you should come, um, I'm really hoping that you come, I love the first one because you can encourage others as they serve in ministries, um, be informed and be able to ask questions and be encouraged by God's great work God's been doing a lot amongst us this year. Uh, COVID actually, um, I don't, I don't, it's wrong to say it's a blessing, <laughs> um, but, but um, God's been really good to us this year and, and um, his church has grown and we've been encouraged. So I'm really thankful for that, but lots of stuff going on. Um, come to ensure the church leadership is supported by the congregation at large. That's pretty important so in terms of parish council, wardens, myself and so on. Uh, be encouraged and engaged by future ministry plans. I'm going to talk more in more detail about that on um, on Sunday after uh, this service. And then understand our responsibilities financially. I've talked a bit about that lately because we know we're trying to raise our giving to reach a certain point so we can employ back four days a week, but um, you know about that already. Okay, so there's some good reasons to come. If you can think of some more reasons to come, then, then you should put... No, don't put your hand up now, um, but um, you should tell others. It'll be good to, to come along. All right, and then after today, we'll see how we go. Um, if there's any questions, I'll give an opportunity to ask. We're starting a series that is really practical. It's a topical series. All right, so we're jumping around the Bible a fair bit. I'm going to talk today uh, very practically um, about church and us growing in our love for our church, which is really good, I think. So how about I pray and ask God to, um, to help us. Father, we thank you for um, uh, church today. Again, thank you for the gift of singing. And we know that your people have been doing that for a long, long, long time. And um, we thank you for the encouragement that is, the reminder of your goodness to us. And it reminds us, Lord, of your word to us. And so today, as we look deeply, more deeply into your word, we pray that we'd put your words into practice in our lives. Um, And we thank you for church. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a word of honesty to start off. Some Sundays, on some Sundays, right, when compared to church, the beach looks like a slightly more attractive option. Um, I've got this app on my phone, right? There's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, he's he's trying to, to grab the cat, honey? I think this is the third time Neo's got in. <laughs> if you're listening at home um, on this, so I have a ginger cat who's very naughty and is now going back and Michelle's, wa- with the cat's paw, waving <laughs> home. <laughs> Last time the cat got into the drum kit. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, so you got, she, he, he got to the front row. Where was I? I was being honest with you, right, just for a moment. OK, so now I've got this app on my phone, right? So this app on my phone will show live pictures. Um, it's a weather, weather sort of surf um, camera. Uh, and there's actually a number of them up and down the coast. And so there's one at Shoalhaven Heads, for example. And so you look at this, you look on your computer screen, you can see the surf. It's, it's great for a surfer. You can see what's going on. But you also see people walking on the beach, walking with their dog. They're playing a bit of cricket throwing a footy round, going for a swim, for a surf, whatever it might be, lying on the beach reading a book, which, yeah, looks pretty good, doesn't it? It looks all right. And on a a sunny Sunday morning, like this one, um, the place looks pretty busy. I didn't look at it, but maybe I should have had a live stream right now. We could have done that for you. (laughs) That probably wouldn't have helped. Anyway, everyone doing their thing, having a great time. And I I asked myself, uh, walking across on my way to church with a Bible under my arm, if I wasn't a minister, would I stop and turn around and put my boardies on and head down the coast? Um, if my paycheck didn't kind of depend on me being here, what would I do? Well, I would come to church, just, just quietly. But for the sake of this, let's just continue. Um, you know, the, the beach looks, um, it looks like a, a lot less effort than church, doesn't it? It didn't look like anyone at the beach was being asked to be put on a roster, you know. Um, There was no one going to ask me at the beach to clean the chairs or vacuum after the service or provide morning tea for all the other beachgoers. No one was asking that. And at the beach you can choose what you want to do, how often you go, when you go, how long you stay for. You feel like a swim? Well you can have a swim. Go for it. If you feel like Going for a paddle, surf, what it might be, get in the water. Feel like reading a book, that's okay. And, and if, if you're not there next week, that's fine, that's all right. And you can make friends or not, doesn't matter, whatever. The beach is also a lot more normal. No one thinks I'm weird heading down to the beach. No one looks at me funny if I've told them that I went to, to the beach on Sunday. Uh, In fact, lots of my friends might like to come with me. Going to the beach is a pretty normal 21st century Australian activity. Church increasingly isn't, if the statistics are right. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only Christian to ever have such thoughts, or or minister, for for argument's sake. Many of us have our own equivalents to the beach. You might think of whatever they are, there are so many alternatives to church on a Sunday and most of them are very attractive. And as the number of options available to us grows and grows, church seems more and more irrelevant than ever. Church is an effort, yes. Got to get up and go. And it's sometimes hard too. And it's far from normal. What we did out there isn't normal. <laughs> but I loved it, Um, so why bother going at all? Why bother making it a weekly priority? Week in, week out? Why bother getting stuck in when it means putting yourself out? After all, the beach is just down there, you know, half an hour away on a good run. Um, This series, over the next six weeks, will answer a lot of those questions. And there are good answers to them. The Bible speaks a lot about church and how good it is. Um, Maybe you're someone who comes along to church dutifully each week. Maybe that's you, um, but you're never really sure why. This series is for you. Maybe you're someone whose commitment to church has been on the sort of decline. Um, Or maybe you're new to church and uh, you want to know what it is you're getting yourself into. Or whoever you are, um, this series, I'll, I'll say, is for you. I, I hope that we as a church, and individually too, will grow in our love for God's church. And that's why I've called the series Loving Your Church. Um, but, but you'll grow to love the church, but you'll grow to not just be bothered about it too, but excited. And, um, and grow to love your church. So I hope in six weeks' time, what you end up saying is, you'll say to yourself, why on earth would I not bother with church? Was that the cat? No. Okay. Um, (laughs) So here's here's a a little plan in um, in six weeks. You can see where I'm going. Our plan is to cover topics such as our current attitudes towards church and how they are expressed, um, what the Bible says about the meaning and purpose of church and what it means to love our church and the people who go there and how we can be an active, encouraging members before, during and after church rather than just consumers and spectators. So I reckon they're pretty good aims. All right, now today, what we're going to talk about, that's a big intro, and today's sort of an intro to the whole series in some ways, and we will get to Ephesians and 1 Corinthians 3 very soon, but today, we're going to spend some time thinking about how we walk into church. Now, by that, I don't mean what your length of stride is. Some of you have an impressive length of stride. I mean, great. But I don't, or your gait, you walk in like a cowboy, I don't know or if you have a limp, whatever it might be. No, no, what I mean is, mean is, what are you thinking about when you walk in to church? Uh, what is it we think about when we when we walk through those doors? That's really our focus today. Now, there's probably quite a few different ways to think about church as we walk in. So here's the first one. Um, if you're here for the first time, now, uh, I think today most people have been before, um, but if here, you might remember your first time at church too. Do you remember that? when you came in the first time, uh, you were probably wondering, what's going to happen during the service? I reckon that's what they would be thinking if they're a first-timer. And where can I sit that that I'll go unnoticed? That's what a first-timer is thinking, a visitor is thinking. Um, Or maybe you're a regular, and you walk in and you see someone, heaven forbid, sitting in your seat. (gasps) In your seat. That's our seat. We always sit there. What are we going to do? Oh. Um, maybe that's what you're thinking. I don't know. Or perhaps you've experienced, if you're a, someone with a family, you've experienced the car park miracle. You know the car park miracle? Well, so you, you've only, only moments before while travelling to church, even though it's a three-minute drive, um, you, you've, World War Three took place in your family wagon. <laughs> it was on for young and old. Uh, shouting, screaming, tears, you name it, tantrums. There was hitting and punching. Who knows what was going on there? But as soon as you drive over that little bump in the car park entry there, the little driveway, it is peace. Peace all of a sudden. Christian smiles and warm greetings to your fellow churchgoers (laughs) as if nothing happened at all. Maybe that's what you're thinking about as you went through that door, as you walked in. Or perhaps, perhaps there's not much going through your head at all. When you walked in, you're not quite full zombie mode, but you're pretty close. Um, You're tired. You're thinking, oh, here we go again. Same old, same old. I hope the sermon is interesting. I'd settle for that. Uh, Relevant, helpful would be a bonus. That's true. And can we please not sing in Christ alone again? (laughs) Um, I like that song, but that's okay. Okay. but let's not be too glass half empty. Okay, um, there's plenty of Christians who walk into church. Okay, there's lots here today as well, feeling expectant. You're feeling positive. Uh, there, there's um, you're looking forward to meeting with God. You're looking forward to meeting with with um, your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're looking forward to the warm encouragement of just putting your bum on a seat, just being here. To this, you're looking forward to the stimulation, the challenge of opening the Word of God. Uh, in the sermon, you're looking forward to singing together um, when we're allowed to do it inside. Uh, you're look, and encouraging each other in song as we remind each other of God's promises and God's word. So how do you walk into church? How do you normally do it? Uh, I wonder what your attitude was like this morning. Did you fit into any of those categories? Um, some of us walk in, yes, with a spring in our step. Uh, we love church. But others, the struggle's a bit. Struggle's real sometimes. It's a bit hard. And the beach, oh, gee, it's looking pretty good. Uh, but of course those feelings change from week to week, don't they? They generally do. Sometimes we've got good mornings, sometimes we've got not so good mornings. And, and that makes sense because churches are not perfect. They're, they're not always enjoyable and sometimes they can be complicated, sometimes they can be a little boring um, and sometimes they can be unattractive. Now that's not a comment on how ridiculously good looking you all are. Um, that means that church is full of imperfect people. And when there's imperfect people around, which our church is full of, I'm one of them, obviously, um, there's going to be issues and things that go wrong. Our our brothers and sisters in Christ who we meet in church are not always the people we choose to hang out with. In fact, for some people, if their church is no longer to their liking and the love is waning a little bit, then the answer is to go shopping and find another church that suits them better. But But that doesn't really sound right, does it, when we understand what church is? Surely church isn't just like changing your mobile phone plan every couple years to get a better deal. Surely church is more than that. The Bible says it is. It says it is. So, again, that's part of the aim of our series, is to understand what church is and that it's more than just a commodity that we purchase for ourselves. And again, our aim as we study God's word is to grow in love for our church. God's church, no matter how we feel on a particular Sunday, positive, spring in our step, and enthusiastic or not. Because, you see, the key to loving church doesn't lie in how good and enjoyable it is. Now, we are going to work hard to make it good and enjoyable. Don't worry about that. We will. But that's not the key to loving it, how good and enjoyable it is. The key to loving church is actually in you, it's in me. Our mindset, our un- as how we understand church, who or what it's for, your role, your purpose in it, or how we walk in. That's the key. The key is in our attitude and heart as you walk in through that door. Now, I reckon the Bible tells us there's a way to walk through that door on a Sunday morning that will change the way we think about church. So, let's get into that now. Uh, But our first, our question that makes a lot of sense in terms of what we've been asking ourselves, now we've been asking ourselves our attitude to church. Our first question, therefore, is what's God's attitude to church? What do you think God is thinking about you as you walk into church? There's a question, isn't it? What's God thinking about you as you walk into church? That could be seen as a scary question. Maybe he's marking a role. Ah, good, you know, Dan's here, Peter's here, Alex is here, that's great, excellent. They'll get more brownie points, spiritual brownie points, more credits as they build up. Maybe that's what God's thinking. God's not thinking that, no. Um, I, I doubt that. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's not, I hope these people manage to please me today with the quality of their worship. Um, because if they do, they'll get more, spirit, more spiritual credits and I'll shower them with blessings. Blessings. No, that's not the way God sees church. He doesn't see it as an opportunity for us to rack up the spiritual brownie points by what we do in church. We don't, we don't go to church to try to gain favour with God. Actually, we go to church because we cannot gain favour with God by anything we do. Church is not about us doing something for God and doing him a fa- or doing him a favour. Church is based on the amazing fact that God has done everything for us. That he sent his one and only son to die and rise from the dead for us. Which means we can be rescued from our sin. We can be forgiven, we can be washed clean of our guilt and presented before God as holy and and perfect in his sight. Now both our passages uh, that were read to us earlier uh, show us that the church is special and precious to God. That's one thing I'd love you to remember today. That the church is special and precious to God. He gave up his only son to die for the church. The church is special and precious to God. So if you get your Bibles, we're finally going to open our Bibles. That's uh, a bit of a general, thing, general introduction today. But go to Ephesians 5 again for you. Ephesians 5, verse 25. And to the New Testament Christians, they didn't have purpose-built church buildings like us. Uh, they met in someone's home. And I do wonder sometimes, what difference would that have made? I wonder in how they thought about church. Anyway, something for morning tea. Um, let's read these verses again. Ephesians five twenty-five to twenty-seven. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Now we're not going to get stuck into here about the husbands and wives and Christian marriage thing right now. Right now, if you've got any questions about that, you're welcome to ask me later on. But um, we're going to look at Paul's analogy. He starts talking about uh, husbands and wives and Christian marriage, and then he sort of goes on on this tangent. Oh, not really a tangent, is it? Sorry, uh, it's a metaphor describing Christian marriage and how Christian marriage helps us to understand the church and how the church helps us understand Christian marriage. So look what he says about the church and look what he says about how special and precious it is. In short, in Christ, God loved the church and gave himself up for her. Do you see God's attitude to church? What God's thinking about church as we walk in? Why to wash and sanctify her? To make her clean. See, by her death, by his death on the cross, Jesus made us right with God, righteous, forgiven, clean, uh, washed, forgiven of the the stain of sinfulness, forgiven of our brokenness. Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, note also that God's purpose for the church. Uh, is for her now. I use that term "her" oh, because the Bible does, because the Bible is descri- The Bible describes church um, as the bride of Christ. It's here in Ephesians five, but it's also in Revelation twenty one too. Um, so uh, that's why I use that term. But the purpose for the church is for her to be holy, blameless, and pure. And we read in, 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 um, in Colossians chapter 1 of how that, what that, of, of the, church's, the aim of the church, of the goal of coming together, or one of them, is to grow in Christ-likeness and maturity as God's church. So holy, blameless and pure. Uh, that's the purpose for God's church. God sees us as we put our trust in Jesus as holy, blameless and pure. Do you see how special and precious the church is to God? Have you got an understanding, therefore, of when you walk into church, that's what God is thinking? Of how special and precious you are. How we are. Let's flip over to 1 Corinthians 3. Okay, If you've got your Bibles there, um, or on your phone, or iPad, whatever it is. 1 Corinthians 3, and again, Peter read this one out to us as well. Uh, God sees the church as so important that if anyone destroys the church, God will destroy them. Wow. Let's, let's read that whole section again. Seven verses, um, 10 to 17. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. Now, Paul refers to there, he planted the church in Corinth. And then Peter and, um, and Apollos followed him afterwards. They're building on the foundation that he built on, that he, that he um, uh, did the ministry on. And that foundation, we'll find out in a minute, is Jesus. But, uh, but each one should build with care. So verse 11 If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. See, God dwells in the church, and and in verses 16 and 17, they're all plurals. You see, he's referring to a group of people—the congregation at Corinth. Uh, God's referring to us. God's spirit in, dwells in the church. Uh, uh, God dwells in the church by His Spirit, and so it is. The church is His temple, uh, where He dwells, and not the building. We can meet in any building. The building doesn't really matter. It's nice to have a comfortable building and all, um, but we can meet anywhere really. It's us, the congregation are God's God's temple. That's another reason why church is therefore holy and precious to God. Because we are God's temple. God's spirit dwells in us as we gather together. And this means, therefore, that we've got to be really careful how we build, how we build on... uh, or how we do ministry, you could say that. How we reach others with the gospel... It's why in our youth ministries, for example, we don't just play silly games the whole time, hand out Coke and lollies. Um, We don't do that. We teach them the word of God. Now we have a lot of fun at the same time. Um, But we don't do that. We we, we disciple. We try to train them up to love Jesus more and more. And and we try to do, obviously, the same on a Sunday morning. Uh, We want to build well, build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And how we build, how we do ministry, this is the... Uh, well, it's thought-provoking, isn't it? That that how we build will be brought to light on that day. The day there is a capital D, it's Judgment Day. We'll be judged on how we build, how we do ministry. And to damage, let alone destroy God's church, well, that is a terrible crime. So, what's God thinking as we walk into church? Church. We know he's not taking a role, right? We know he's not judging us in the quality of our worship. What's he thinking? Well, from these passages, and we're going to get more of an idea of what God's thinking in the next number of weeks. But I think it's something more like this. You are my loved and adopted children. You are a gathering of people that I've purchased through the death of my son. As followers of Jesus, you're pure and acceptable in my sight, not because you've come to church or because of anything you do in church, but because of the cross. That's what God's thinking as you walk through that door. Uh, God's so glad you've come here because you belong here. No matter what is going on in your life, this church, this is God's family. So God says, as you walk through that door, he says more. He says, I'm your father. This is your family. I want to speak with you and teach you and encourage you and correct you, warn you through my word so that you can grow as my children. I want you to hear, your, I want to hear your prayers and your responses to my word and to answer. I want you to love one another and serve one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. See, that's what I reckon God's saying as you walk through that door each Sunday morning. Uh, and, 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 and more. I'm sure there's more. We'll, we'll discover more over the coming weeks. Uh I do hope you'll be here over the next coming weeks too and to hear what God has to say about what he thinks about church and as we come together. But I want to leave you with, um, with one challenge or application, right? I think it's pretty simple. I, pretty simple. And I think we can do it each time we walk through that door. And if you do it, I reckon it'll change the way you think about church. Okay, are you ready? It's a big build-up. It's only five words. Here we go. Yeah, Uh, strap yourselves in. It's going to be big. Simple, effective, and I think it will change the way you think about church. Pray about where you sit. Pray about where you sit. That's an odd thing to say, Graham. So let me explain. Memorable, Now, not just so you can leave the back row, for example, for latecomers or new people. Uh, New people never want to sit down the front. Uh, Fair enough. But ask God to direct you to someone you can help or encourage or love. You see, maybe it is a new person or not. Uh, New people don't tend to hang around much after church because they don't know anyone. But if you sit next to them and introduce yourself and talk to them and so forth... Well, then, they might hang around. Uh, Maybe you always sit next to the same people each week. Um, And so, generally, you tend to talk to the same people each week. Why not shake things up? Sit with someone else next week. Uh, Next week, sit next to someone different. Sit in a different part of the room. Now, I know some of you will find that hard, and you might need some counselling afterwards. (laughs) But it's going to be okay. I promise you, it's going to be okay. But that's the simple application. Pray about where you sit. In other words, ask God to direct you to someone you can help encourage or love. It's as simple as that. Pray about where you sit. Uh, as you walk into church, pray about that. Pray about someone you can help or encourage, love. I'm going to pray for us now, and then we'll see if there's any questions um, and, um, or, or comments. And we will pray together after that, and then I'll finish our service. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for church today. We thank you for the great blessing it is to meet together. We do know that so many other parts of the world, they're still not meeting because of this uh, dreadful COVID virus. Um, Lord, we pray that uh, you would help us to, to, um, yeah, continue to pray about where we sit and encourage one another. But most of all today, Lord, we pray and thank you that you gave up your only son for your church so that we can be together, so we can pray to you and encourage one another. Thank you for that blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right.